the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Understanding your kingdom citizenship. That's next on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon. We call ourselves Christians, and we even go to church on Sundays, but do we live like our citizenship is in heaven during the week, or do we live like our citizenship is here on earth? Ouch, right? (laughs) Yeah, but that is the challenge that is before us today here on Times of Refreshing with Pastor Napoleon Kaufman from The Well, a Christian community here in Livermore, California. Today, we're back in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Our message is called Kingdom Citizenship. Join us as we understand the true nature of where we reside for eternity. Here's Napoleon. Saying, I can't do this because it's going to cost me too much. That how can it's a sign that we're still in a state of carnality and God can't really use us the way that He wants, but He says, But everyone's going to receive a reward according to His own labor. Stop worrying about what you get here. If we're faithful, when we stand before him, he's going to have a lot more for us than we ever. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I have an amen, y'all? We're worried too much about what we get here. But if we're going to minister to God, minister to each other, minister to a dying world, it's going to be labor. And we have to embrace that aspect of being a kingdom citizen. He says in verse 9, for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. According to the grace of God, which was given to me as a wise master builder, I laid the foundation. And another builds on it. But let each one take heed how he builds on it. We have to take heed how we're building. How we're building on that which has been established and that which has been laid through the apostles. Through what Jesus established. How are we building on it? He says here, look at this in verse 11. For no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, he says, which is Jesus Christ. So that tells me at the, at the end of it all, and or at the beginning, if anything we do, our heart should be to lead people to Christ, not just to us. He's the foundation. When people come to know Christ as we're ministering to people out in the world, stop telling them that just they need to come to the church. Tell them you need to come to Jesus. Can I have an amen? And help people to fall in love with him. And then God, he helps us to lead people to the right church where God wants them to be at so they continue to, can continue to grow and be discipled and mature. But at at the end of the day, 
People should constantly be getting the sense that you're trying to push them off onto Jesus. Not just draw them to yourself. And this is why you cannot, you and I cannot be effective ministry gifts to the body of Christ if we are insecure. God can't use you. God can't use us if we're insecure. I thank God John the Baptist wasn't insecure. Said he must increase and I must decrease. He wasn't insecure. He was willing to let people go and, 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 and grow with God. Become more like Jesus and be attached to Jesus. Now, that doesn't mean they have to leave the church. It doesn't mean that they have to get away from you. But it does mean that in our relationship, it's clear that this isn't about me. It's not about you. It's about us leading people to him. And when that foundation is firm and fixed, it becomes a beautiful thing. It's the same thing with our kids. We had to teach our kids to follow, to follow Jesus. Some of us, we got our hands too much in the pot. But we don't even give them a chance to hear from Jesus. I try to do my best. Like my, my son's 19-year-old. Hey, man, you're going to walk with Jesus. Let, I'm going to back off and let God orchestrate his life and let, him, let God do what he's doing. If he starts getting up some crazy stuff, then I'll jump in. You know, you know, you know. But, but he's good. Let God. You have to let God because the goal is to teach people to connect with him because he's the foundation. Then 20 years from now, you're not worried about him because you know the foundation is set. Can I have an amen, y'all? He says here, he says here, and it's beautiful. He says, for no other foundation can anyone lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, he says each one's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will take test each one's work of what sort it is. You do not know how successful you truly have been until that day. A lot of things look good, and the phylacteries look good, and all of the praying at the welling wall look good, and all of the, the stuff that Jesus had to deal with and the apostles had to deal with with religious people and the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and all that stuff looked good. But when Jesus came on the scene, he exposed it for what it really was. He said, it was, he said they were hypocrites. They were vipers. That they were being selfish and that it was all about them and their image. And the foundation, on the foundation they had, they had put straw and hay. And they had not really grabbed a hold of and maintained their intimacy for God and with God. And for us it's the same way. We don't want to just look the part. We want to make sure that when we're building and working with God and laboring for God as mature individuals, we've grown to a place where it's not about us and I want to, whatever I'm doing, I want it to glorify God. But we won't know the fullness of how we've done, he said, until the fire hits it. And so ultimately there's going to be, he says, until that day, there's going to be a moment where God is going to make sure everything's clear. But along the way, as you read the Gospels, 
God allows all of our stuff to be tested in seasons and times. Does what we do stand the test of time? Does it stand the test of time? You don't know how committed you are to your spouse until fire comes to test the relationship. Till fire hits it. Then, then what happens is it gets tested. There's a reason why God allowed the tree of the knowledge of good and evil to be right there in the Garden of Eden. He didn't have to put that there. But every day they walked by that tree and said, no. God said, don't go near it. Don't touch it. Don't get it. No, God said no. Every day that they walked right by that temptation, they reaffirmed and confirmed their commitment to God. But one day, they made a decision that they didn't want to be in covenant with God. And so, a lot of times people ask, why does fire hit? Why does this happen? Well, sometimes... Sometimes you have to see it right. This is an opportunity for me to reconfirm my commitment to this person. And my allegiance to this person. Every time we say no. Now, praise God. If we we happen to stumble, we happen to fall, something happens. There's, you can recommit. We know all that stuff. Backsliders come on, whatever it is. But at the end of the day, what we want with God is, we want to be in a situation where It's clear from our standpoint that we're willing to hold on to that relationship with God and stay committed to building what God wants us to build so that ultimately he would be pleased and not my personal desires and needs are just being met. Especially through ministry. But there's going to come a day when whatever we've done is going to be tested. But along the way, There's times where God says, okay, I'm going to let a little fire hit this relationship. I'm going to let the little fire hit the church. They're not going anywhere, but I want to see. Let's see how we respond. I'm going to let a little fire hit the relationship. God's watching it. I'm a little fire. They're going to get fired. But I got them. Are they going to keep their eyes on me instead of their pocketbook? Are they going to trust me through this? I got them. They might stumble, but they're not going to fall. Peter, you said you love me, huh? <laughs> the Satan desires to sift you as wheat, but I pray for you that your faith doesn't fail. I'll never turn on you, Lord. Okay. Can I have an amen? Am I preaching right now? Am I preaching right now? Let's see what you got. You'll be fine. Peter goes through the situation. He, we know that he, he stumbles, he falls, he's getting broken. But when F- Peter got filled with the Holy Ghost, when he got converted, you see something shift in him. He said, I'm not even worthy to be crucified right side up. Crucify me upside down. Something shifted in him. Well, everything he went through was part of establishing his commitment and relationship with God because all of us, we're gonna, it's going to be tested by fire. There's going to be moments. But are you committed to God? And are you committed to, as you go through these moments, maintaining your citizenship in the kingdom? Can I have an amen, y'all? He says here in verse 14, 
He says, if anyone's work, which he has built on it, endures, he will receive the reward. There's a reward for this, y'all. If anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but he himself will be saved, yet so as through fire. Then he says this, do you not know that you are the temple of God and that the spirit of God dwells in you? If anyone defiles the temple of God, God will destroy him for the temple of God is holy, which temple you are. Now, when he's saying the temple of God, the context is corporately. We are the temple of God. And, and the spirit of God, he dwells, he dwells in us. And so for all of us here, we have to see that as God is taking people from over here and over there. And he's taking people from this country and that country. And he's drawn all of you from various walks of economic and socioeconomic backgrounds and, and, and cultural backgrounds and all these things. And he's planted us and plucked us and put us right in this church. And you look around this, con- this congregation. It's a melting pot of people from all over the place. And God is saying that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That God, Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit dwells in us. He's among us. And He's the one that brings the unification and the unity. He's the one that sticks us together. It can't be just that, oh, I go to that church because my homeboy goes there. I go to that church because... I love their children's ministry. I go to that church because I heard him on the radio say, can I have an amen? And it was cool, man. It can't be any of that. It has to be the Holy Spirit has drawn me here and he has planted me. Can I have an amen, y'all? And he he has united me with these people. For such a time as this. And watch what happens, saints. What happens is, then we start to realize that the the diversity is what makes us strong. But the God is the one who unites us together by the power of his spirit. And then we start realizing that, that I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God has called us to function together. And to operate according to his will. Now watch this. He says here in verse 17. If anyone defiles the temple of God. God will destroy him. For the temple of God is holy. Which temple you are. So we have to stop. And we have to also realize. That as I'm a part of the church. Globally. Locally. As I'm a part of the church. That I have to do the best I can. To fight for the church instead of against the church. And the way in which I do this is by allowing myself to grow up. I can't stay carnal. Because if I stay carnal, it means envy, strife, division. I've got to mature. I've got to allow God to grow me up in this thing. And God is going to use me to plant. He's going to use me to water as I get out and even as I minister in the midst of the church. I got to be careful about how I operate and function as a kingdom citizen because God wants me to build on the church 
good things, gold, silver, things that are going to help to prosper the church. I can't, I can't, I can't let wood and hay and stubble be a part of how I'm helping to build. And then as you see, he goes down here and he talks about how, how if we endure, we receive the kind of reward that God's looking for us to receive. Then I have to be careful because you know what God says? If I mess around, if I play around messing around with God's temple, that God says he'll destroy me in the New Testament. <laughs> Can I have an amen? Look at your neighbor and tell him, you better ask somebody. That's in the New Testament. <laughs> me and Maria were just talking about this other day. This is in the New Testament. Wait a minute. He said destroy. Let me look that up in the Greek. So God's not playing. So what I want to do is, I want to make sure that I become a healthy citizen of the kingdom. And I function and I operate in such a way that pleases God, builds the church, and is a blessing to everyone else around me. And I'm going to get a reward for this. Constantly keeping in mind that God, it's my job to help to stabilize encourage and strengthen as a citizen of the kingdom of God. Saints, right now, now listen to me, y'all. The church in general, globally, is at critical mass. You see it. God is causing fire to hit churches all over the world. There is, a, there is a holy division that's taking place, or separation, I should say, taking place. I have been cut to the heart and watching prominent pastors fall, musicians fall, stuff getting exposed, watching the destruction separation of the church and part of it is is because the church what we have called spiritual has actually been carnal and sensuality and we have majored on the minors instead of majored on the majors and we want to be called kingdom citizens but we're not acting like kingdom citizens and children of the king. And so we've sat in church and we've tolerated, we've allowed, we've coddled, we've allowed filth and perversion to go on and shouted as if God doesn't care. When God is looking for us to grow up, he's not coming back for a baby bride. He's coming back for a mature bride that's without spot or can I preach that this morning and we've sat around and we've cried and when we've whimpered and we've just let the devil just come into church and make us totally ineffective because we're well, I'm of him and I'm of him and I'm of they and I'm of they and the apostle Paul clearly is outlined for us all this is just carnality and God is looking for us to begin to stand on our feet 
begin to flap our wings and begin to soar like mature saints of God. And so for all of us, as you see here, at some point, God isn't playing around. And we have to stop and say, God, it's time for me to grow up. I can't just go to church. I am the church. And I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And God, you want me to mature and become effective and powerful for your glory. And so this morning, not just for the well, but for churches all over the world. We have, now watch this, saints, and we talk about it, I talk about it a lot. We, we are so enamored with people's gifts and talents, but we don't care about their character. Can I have an amen, y'all? And we will shout, woo, they made me feel good. But are they mature? But he can sing. But is he living right? She can preach and she got a nice outfit. But is she living holy and sanctified before God and and honoring God? Because she may be building something onto the church, but what is the material she's using to build? And we've sat back and we've just, we've, we've had, the world has had more integrity and holding people accountable than the church has had integrity and saying no you can't do this in the house of God because that's not how the kingdom of God operates can I have an amen you are a citizen of the kingdom and the more in which we get ourselves to a place where we realize that the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit Holy Spirit then what happens is God, he'll begin to reveal his glory and power like we've never known. And I'm going to say this in closing. I've been doing this, been in full-time ministry 16, 17 years. I've had the privilege of preaching the gospel all over the world. On television, on radio, all this stuff. I thank God for it. But been pastor in this church for 14 years and I can tell you this the hardest it's easy it's easy to prophesy for me you guys saw me the other week come up here prophesy bang 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 spirit of God this a gift God giving me a gift bang 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 I'm not praise God for that but that's not and do it accurately preaching the gospel is praise God I get up here if you look at my notes I got I got one sentence up here, okay? God gave me a gift. I preach. You know, it's praise God. The hardest thing to do is to, is to, is to, is to get people to understand that walking with God is not just understanding the doctrines in the pages. It's To get God to become alive in you and to transform your life. That's the hardest thing when you have to look people in the eye and say, you have to die to yourself so that he can live. And you'll find your life when you lose it. You'll get free when you surrender to God. The hardest thing for to do is to watch people, is to, is to get people to understand that truth. That 
it's not another conference. It's not somebody laying hands on you. It's not another prophecy. It's you getting up and living for God on a day-to-day basis and saying, God, I'm going to walk with you today. Can I have an amen, y'all? Can I preach that this morning? Today, right now, I'm going to walk with Jesus. Every day. Give us this day our daily bread. That I'm going to walk with God today, man. I don't care what comes my way. I'm walking with Jesus Christ. I love God. And that's the hard part. That's the hard part of ministry is, is as getting people to mature to the place where they grab a hold of God and they will never let him go. And you're listening to Pastor Napoleon Kaufman here today on Times of Refreshing. Our desire is to see you grow in Christ through the daily ministry of God's Word. And as you take time to spend with us studying God's Word, we trust you are being encouraged in Christ. You can reach out to us by phone, 925-292-7800, 925-292-7800, or write to us. Times of Refreshing, 2333 Nissan Drive, Livermore, California. The zip code is 94551. You're also welcome to visit our website, thewellchurch.net. It's a great place to visit if you would like information regarding who we are, where we meet, what we're about. Past sermons are available online there, as well as our online store. And you can even get connected with us there. Again, thewellchurch.net. I would invite you to join us on either our church app, at our website, thewellchurch.net, or on our YouTube channel for our weekly message at 1030. Pastor Napoleon will share a message from the Lord just like he used to with his program, Hope of Glory. And remember to be faithful as well during this time of challenge with your giving. You can give online through our website, through the church app, or by mail to the church office. And we are praying and standing on his truths during this time and remembering that God is in control and we're praying for you. Thank you for joining us today. Until next time, God bless.